0: Hello and welcome to uh, Making Evangelism Simple Again, episode two. Um, Today we have on Jacob Harold of the Hartley School, who is going to talk with us about um, using evangelism and apologetics, but more specifically, uh, how he's had to use both of those uh, in his life and in his career. Um, Introduce yourself then, even though I already did. Go ahead. (laughs) Hello,
1: I'm Jacob Harold of the Hartley School. I am a musician and a music educator. The Hartley School is a music school where I teach lessons on multiple instruments. And I also, as a musician, perform multiple instruments in multiple styles. It's all about multiples. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a soccer official, a referee. Uh, I'm a national referee, so I do professional games, college games, high school games, youth games, and I do a bunch of mentoring and assessing and coaching and instructing in that realm. So those are my the two sides of my life, soccer and music.
0: That's that's fun. I actually have never played soccer. Did did you get into this from playing soccer or did I get into or, officiating? Yeah, yeah. Or Definitely, you yeah. just, You just know. I, I don't know, maybe you just knew the rules. No, I grew up
1: playing <laughs> soccer, and I always loved it, and then I wasn't great at it. I was right. okay at it. But when I realized I was okay towards the end of high school, uh, I started taking officiating more seriously and did more of that through college, and then after college continued uh Officiating, hmm. and I still love soccer. It's my favorite sport in the world, <laughs> and I've traveled the world watching it and officiating it. So, that's cool.
0: So, I mean, would you say that uh, your your jobs uh, usually are just dependent on uh, interaction with other people? Like that's what you do all day, basically, uh, in both both of those jobs. Is that sort of the the main Uh, thing that ties those two together would you say maybe?
1: I don't know if it's the main thing that ties them together but that's a very good point Reese I hadn't thought of that I don't do much work like behind a desk um, by myself so um, maybe that's not completely true I mean writing music I do by myself at a desk but certainly performing and teaching music puts me in front of people and alongside them and then officiating. Uh, I usually don't referee games from the solitude of my bedroom. <laughs> uh, that's usually in front of a lot of people.
0: Yeah. So you get you get lots of <laughs> things thrown at you and stuff like that? Um,
1: not lots of things, but I was very proud last year. I had my first um, object thrown at me. I was able to referee a professional game between two... Um, or a game between two professional teams from Mexico at Mile High Stadium, or whatever it's called nowadays, Invesco Sports Authority. Oh, yeah. But, anyways, um, uh, I made a call and I had a lemon wedge thrown at me.
0: A lemon wedge?
1: Yeah, it wasn't a very big deal, but it was, uh, I'd say it's a highlight of my career so far. <laughs> my friend, who was also working on that game, had a, a beer thrown at him, which is grosser but also kind of cooler yeah um, so I have had th- things thrown at me yeah so, so just- you, you've
0: had things thrown at you probably insults as well yes but but probably no uh, attacks on your faith out on the field there nobody's saying like you, you aren't just like you don't just like proclaim your faith right there on the field when you're making a call and people are like God's not real that sort of thing you wouldn't you wouldn't use no. apologetics uh Against hecklers and people like that?
1: No, I wouldn't, but uh, definitely in the world of soccer and definitely with referees, I have conversations along those lines sometimes. But with players, coaches, and spectators, I don't have enough time with them to to delve into uh, theology or even (laughs) to even just skim it, really, Um, just because of the nature of that kind of... Yeah. Situation. Makes sense. (laughs) Uh, I, although I'll say that I have learned that I can be a bad witness on the soccer field. I think, um, I mean, I could be a good witness as well, but I've learned from situations where I have reacted in ways that I realize are not suitable for a Christian. They're not um, representative or fitting of someone that's the son of God. So these are conversations that I've had with my wife, and and things I've thought about a lot. Um, uh, it's a being a referee. This is funny. I know we were, we were going to talk about music, but uh, but being a referee, I I'm in a, a like a crucible kind of like I'm in a situation where you're in public and you're making decisions that affect people, and then they. Uh, um, often are protested or, you know, people heckle them or whatnot. But um in how I react to them, uh I've noticed like I can display Christian uh morality or um I can like I can respond with patience, for example. Um and Don't know if this is useful at all, but like I've learned a lot of life life lessons from the field. So like patience under stress. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to take that away from the field and actually apply that in other parts of my life where if someone is going crazy, uh, and I have seen situations like this where someone's just losing their mind or someone's very angry, and I'm able to be more patient than I was before I was officiating because I've been in so many situations on the field where uh, I'm getting yelled at and I have to respond with patience. Or uh, I can show compassion, like when players are injured or things like that. So there's things, it's not the gospel, but there are um, like fruits of the spirit that I'm able to work out uh, on the field. Mm -hmm. And then um, mostly with referees, because I don't spend much time with players or coaches, like I said, or spectators, but with the other referees, I am able to talk about my faith. Um, There's a lot of time that we have to spend together before games and after games, so... Mm-hmm. I've been able to do that,
0: yeah, that's cool. So like you're you're able to uh, evangelize because of your your job and the situation you're put in and you're also able to uh, be better equipped for that because of just
1: the the nature of your job in general. Yeah, I am able to well, yeah, I mean, just because I'm spending time with these referees, I'm able to talk with them about things. So mm-hmm. henceforth, or therefore <laughs> I am able to talk about the gospel with them or faith. Um,
0: yeah. All right. So um, if people ask, what would you say, um, how would you respond if somebody asked you how they could be evangelizing in their daily lives?
1: I, I believe, just like I was talking about on the field, how I can respond in ways that are Christ-like or, or ways that are not Christ-like. I think our whole life can demonstrate that we're sons or daughters of the king of the universe, so and that we're the you know sons of God. So we can act in a way that's fitting and that honors him. So primarily, I think the way we act is, um, if it's to the glory of God, we're honoring him by following his ways, by following his law. Um, I don't think that in and of itself is evangelism, um, but certainly it helps um, to make the gospel a reality to people. So if you share the gospel with someone, but you're living and acting like a devil, uh, it's not going to connect. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. What, you're telling me this about this man Jesus, and you're saying you follow him, but you don't act anything like him. Um, I think that would hurt your witness. So I think the ac- our actions are important. But they're not evangelism in themselves, so at some point you have to speak um and you have to use words to explain um the story of who jesus was um and you know or even before Jesus explaining how the world was created and how sin entered the world and kind of the broader um, story of redemption um but anyways you have to use words to explain that like mm-hmm me acting well with patients under stress on a soccer field doesn't communicate the fall and redemption and the resurrection. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you're after, but I th- you do have to use words at some point. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which would go, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, I guess, but I know but that some people say that about. you can live out the, or you can, um, what's that saying? Share the... Use words if necessary. Do you know that quote? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. You should look it up. I wish I could quote it too. I, I think it's, I get it, but I don't think it's completely true. I mean, you yeah. can't, like I said, you can't show the death and resurrection of Jesus through like shoveling your neighbor's sidewalk. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. So do you think, uh, do you think there's, a difference between evangelism and apologetics, and if so, do you think uh, one has been more valuable valuable uh, to you than the other
1: one? Um, I don't know the correct answer theologically. For are they the same thing, or are they different things? Well, there's always I, disagreement. So. Yeah. Well, instead of correct, maybe I don't know any answer <laughs> to it. <laughs> I know. I believe apologetics mostly stems from that verse in 1 Peter right Mm -hmm. about defending our faith um and evangelism has a number of texts that we get to support what it is and, and how we do it and why we should do it so I think I don't know if they're the same thing I I mean they're certainly very um intertwined um I think defending our faith um, should have the goal in mind of evangelism. So I think apologetics' main goal is evangelism. We want to defend our faith not just so that we're right or to prove that we're right, but we want people to believe what we believe, right? Mm. We want people to know Jesus. So... That can come through apologetics, I believe. Um, I don't know that they are very different in my understanding. Um, Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that, about their differences.
0: Okay, yeah. I guess a follow-up question. Which one do you think you've had to use more? Uh, Or if, if any of them you actually feel like you've had to use more? Do you feel like you've had more personal attacks on your faith, or do you feel like you've had just more opportunities to uh, just talk to people about the gospel uh, in, in your specific line of work in your daily life?
1: I think I when I was younger, I was more militant, and I would use apologetics more, but I don't know in the correct way necessarily. Like, I would use, I would defend the faith almost in that more debate kind of sense of, Mm. you know, trying to win or trying to make people of the world look foolish. I think there's some value to that, though. I'm not saying it's completely wrong because anything that's anti Christ or antithetical to truth is foolish, and so sometimes it's good to prove it as such, like to demonstrate that it's foolish and how Mm -hmm. it's foolish. Um, So I have done that. I have used apologetics more that way. Um, But again, like going back to what I said before, I I think the goal should ultimately be, um, well, to honor God and, and to defend his name is probably the most important thing, but secondarily, that people would believe um, believe in this God, not just be proved wrong, or not just be made to look foolish. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think when I was younger, I used apologetics more, more defense. I studied more other. Um, I studied other religions more and mm. other philosophies, which was good. It was a good season of my life. Lately, more evangelism. And um, hopefully, when I'm using it lately, uh, when I'm using apologetics more, when I'm defending my faith more, it's it's more still with that goal of getting people to believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you make a good point there that uh, it, uh, it really depends on your motives uh, when you're using those things to whether it really is accomplishing uh the same goal you need to be careful about how you um act when you are are acting those specific ways i guess there are sub uh subsects of it would you say that uh you think people should when acting apologetically like act to the goal of saving people Uh, or do you think like do you think it's uh maybe wrong in some sense to Entirely act militantly, or
1: well, I think I, I, yeah. What I I mean, I think I already said it. Yeah, you it's, answered it. Yeah, if the defense of the faith, I think, should usually be towards people believing us. So like, we should defend our faith in a winsome way, not in a repulsive way. So what mm-hmm. I mean is, um, like our the defense of our faith should compel people to want to know more about. The Bible, more about Christians, more about the person Jesus, not be like um, usually offended to the point of not wanting to interact with, with us yeah. in the future or not want to go read the Bible. But I think there are appropriate times when people are so obstinate and um, antagonistic towards Christianity. I think there are times to defend it in a way um where you're standing for the honor of our lord and you might have to do that in a hard way like in you know like tough your words might have to be more severe like jesus with the pharisees sometimes or paul at times is pretty hard and <laughs> you know the 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 listeners of what they said didn't exactly go away saying like okay let's meet up for coffee tomorrow and talk mm-hmm. more about that right like there's times you have to defend it and just like just, um you just have to you have to be very hard and you have to and you and you might have to make an argument look really foolish for what it is you mm-hmm. know you have so to I, be
0: martin luther sometimes
1: it uh yeah
0: just be, just be a big jerk to people but with with good motives
1: i think so um but I mean, it is interesting, like that verse in First Peter, that uh, the whole field of apologetics comes from. Really, the um, it does say, um, "In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you." Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience. So, I mean, in that text itself.
0: So don't be exactly a big jerk to people, but th- nothing wrong with being a little dogmatic sometimes,
1: maybe? Well, I don't know if dogmatic is the word I'd use. Maybe not the, yeah, that's yeah. probably not the right wording. I mean, dogmatic when you're talking with other Christians, certainly. Like, when there's, you know, if there's someone claiming to be a Christian that is saying something heretical or even just something really suspect or questionable about the scriptures... um you should be dogmatic. You should be like, no, here's the dogma. <laughs> like, here's orthodox Christian thinking. This is what's true. But, yeah, with non-Christians, um, I mean, ma- maybe it's the same thing. Yeah, you could be dogmatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting, you know, like, anyone that would say you should go out there and be just attack non-Christians, like, I don't know how they would respond to that verse. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile you, uh, revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So, I mean, and Christ's usual um, attitude, his usual example that he gave to us was um, being pretty gentle. Like for the most part, when he's before he's crucified, when he's being questioned and. And many times that he's attacked, he either didn't respond or he responded with gentleness many times, not Mm -hmm. all the time. So I think the the rule for Christians is to to respond gently. Mm -hmm. The exception would be those times where you really have to defend somebody or maybe the honor of Christ. Um, Although, I mean, Christ is like currently Lord of all so sitting on a throne I mean like I know he, he can defend himself mm-hmm. so I think some people take it too far that oh you're um, attacking my savior so I need to go back at you really hard but like I yeah. think Christ is gonna he's alright like he's can take care of himself actually I have a funny story about that can I tell you mm-hmm. so I had a friend I used to live in Boston that's where I went to music school and this guy grew up in Boston on the streets he's just rough tough guy with the harley and like all the tattoos and the thick boston accent and uh just real tough guy but and just grew up like he would say like a heathen of heathens just totally living in the world and he was saved in his 30s i believe and immediately just became so evangelistic and even when i knew him years later he was still very evangelistic as far as going out on the street and talking with people about jesus Um, but someone it may have been him someone told me the story of him in his early days of evangelizing he went into some i think it was either a tattoo shop or somewhere where he bought marijuana or something i don't know he went back to like an acquaintance he had to try to tell him about jesus and this guy got in an argument with him and um at some point it just boiled up and they were just yelling at each other and at some point this guy is just like you know what f jesus and my friend mike just socked the guy right in the face and knocked (laughs) him out and um that was a learning moment for Mike. <laughs> I think his pastor had to come along later and say, Great heart, uh we just need to work out your technique or yeah. <laughs> the way that you evangelize a little bit. But I think in the moment Mike felt you don't like dishonor my my savior like that. Like you don't say that about Jesus. And he felt like he needed to defend Jesus and later learned that Jesus can take care of his own defense, um, but he could be more gentle in how he approached evangelism. So mm-hmm. that story's always stuck with me when I am tempted to think I need to go overboard in uh, in evangelism. And, and when I see other people, you know, you see these people that evangelize that are very militant. I think sometimes they'll ask you, like, what do you think about that church or about those people? Um and I think about that story sometimes. I guess it just sums up that Jesus can defend himself, and we, our goal of defending, our 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 goal of our apologetics, should be to win people over to Him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably like,
0: knocking him out wouldn't wouldn't exactly convert. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just makes for a really uh, amusing story, though.
0: Yeah. Um. So, we've talked a lot about how we can be evangelizing in our daily lives, but is there any way, like, you think that we can be almost constantly acting apologetically? Um, no. No? you think it should just, (laughs) do you think it should, like, just be a defense, like, purely like, apologetics is a thing where if you're attacked, this is what you do, you do apologetics, or do you think apologetics would entail, like, almost preventing...
1: Well, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm just always going to go back to this verse because unless you have any others that you know really speak to apologetics, this is the only one I really know of, um, or definitely it's the primary one I know of. Um, but I mean, it says always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks. So, I guess it doesn't imply them asking. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the way I think of it. Is you don't you don't you don't go out and make a defense just to the world and like proclaim. Yeah, all these defenses for the faith, but yeah, when you're asked or when you're put in a situation where you have an opportunity to speak. So
0: So there shouldn't be Christian Christopher Hitchens who instead of say, writing books about how God isn't real, they just instead write a book that just says like that starts off the discussion by just saying God is real real, you atheists are wrong and here's how. Like you think it should just be like a, a defense or or do you think I don't know
1: Um, well, you, uh, so are you asking like me personally, should I go around defending my faith or like, should a Christian or can a Christian go around? Do do you
0: think that that it's in proper apologetic form for somebody to offensively start by writing a book about how atheists are wrong? I don't know. That's
1: a good question. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I think there's a place for those people. I think all the way back to Israel prophets were speaking into the world and to their culture about truth of God and they were even attacking or well yeah, they were attacking false pagan religions and then and then I think that has carried on in the church where I think the apostles did that to some extent and then throughout church history i think it's been i th- i think it's appropriate for some people to take on more of that role in the church mm-hmm. sort of prophetic voices or apologetic voices if you will to write books to go on radio shows um tv shows and defend the faith um because uh, the world is asking some questions so to go mm-hmm. back to that verse like sometimes the world says well what about this, Christians why do you hate gays I think it's appropriate for people from the church um, that are gifted uh, and called to teach and to prophesy and to exhort to go out and do that in the world mm-hmm. whether it's on TV or in books or even just in their community um, I think that can be appropriate yeah
0: okay yeah so while apologetic should remain giving an answer to anybody who asks it doesn't mean that it's passive like it's it's still an active thing that people should actively be seeking to give answers
1: I mean they are answers because the world is asking at times Mm -hmm. and I think the questions the world is asking change over time like in different cultures and different times there are bigger questions like, now, it, you know, the questions are more like, um, well, yeah, The que- I mean, the questions are different than in Martin Luther's time, or they're different than they were in Augustine's time, or they're different than they were in Jesus' time, so, like, some of the questions. So, th- they'll come up, and I think it's appropriate for there to be a Christian response from certain people, and... Um, yeah.
0: So, well, you're talking about apologetics on a grander scale than just an individual asking you something.
1: Yeah, I think there's a place for that. Cool. All
0: right. Well, um, we've talked a lot about your soccer, uh, career, Mm -hmm. your, your refereeing, but, uh, how have you... Uh, been put in situations where you have to act either evangelistically or apologetically um, in your music career?
1: Um, In the music world, well, I think the music world and specifically the jazz realm of that world that I'm mostly in is very postmodern in its thinking. And so, the assumptions from a lot of musicians are that things are this certain way. And I do have opportunities to act evangelistically. Um, I'll just say that I I have opportunities to explain a, a biblical worldview to people that don't sometimes even think about it at all in the music world, or or sometimes think it's just absolutely silly or foolish. And so, yeah, lots of opportunities for that. Um, And and they'll come up, like, when talking about creating music or writing music. uh, Most of the music I do is instrumental, so words aren't part of a lot of the music that I perform or write. Um... So that kind of the lyrical thing aside um just talking about like the philosophy of music and what it's all for and what it's all about they just come from a different different place um, than I do so I'm able to talk about even like sound and music um take it all the way back to creation, and sometimes depending on the person and how long we have to talk, like I can bring Jesus in so um but I believe for instance that when the world was and the universe was called into being by God that he, almost, he like sang it into existence and um, which I think is very awesome <laughs> and that we as musicians get to uh, bear God's image in creating music is very unique way of glorifying God and so that's in creation there's already music there's already song and then all throughout history, there's been music um, inside the church or inside Israel's church, if you will, uh, through the New Testament church. And then outside of it, too, I think God has called us to, to have music outside the church as well. So um, so I can share about that. And there's there's sort of sometimes like a, oh, yeah, that's cool. God saying the universe into being, I don't know. Know if they believe it, you know, but that's a starting place for me a lot of times. And then, and then, like I said, depending on the person and and how long we have or how long I've known the person, I might eventually get to the fall and why Jesus was necessary. And sometimes just ask musicians flat out, like, "Hey, what do you think about Jesus?" or "Hey, what do you think about God?" and just go straight for the jugular. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. I I do get to talk about um or def, you know defend my faith, share my faith with um musicians a lot.
0: That's cool. That's Yeah, that's interesting that um yeah, good starting places. Yeah, just even the actual starting place, the creation of the world. That's cool. Um
1: yeah, like People that are trying to be very, in the world that are trying to be very mystical or very, what, you know, metaphysical about music and magic and, like, they don't even realize how really cool it is, like, I, I think. Just, like, it's, like, music and sound is so unique. Um, it's just such a wonderful thing God gave us. And so... um I have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> I probably do, but I just lost my train of thought.
0: that's all right. Got derailed. Um so uh yeah, have have you had a lot of like I mean going back so we we talked more evangelism uh and I know the the two are sort of to some degree intertwined, but uh have you had a lot of like specifically I guess apologetic uh, discussions with other musicians, uh, in general, or like, do, are, do many of them like attack your faith, or is the music world not as? I don't know. I mean, it's against to some degree. People, anybody who's not with God is against God. But do you think it's a particularly militant place to be uh, in terms of being against Christianity? Have you has your has your faith been attacked very much as? A musician,
1: I think musicians and any artists really maybe spend a little more time thinking philosophically and thinking about why things are just by the nature of the vocation or just the, the nature of the 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 career or the work, um, and also that maybe. It, they spend less time working and a lot of time for starving artists you just end up thinking about the universe and the stars and things a lot so so I think I, I've known a lot of musicians that have very um, clear ideas of, of what they think the world's all about or they've they have Maybe not clear is not the right word, but they've definitely, they have like a, what's the word? Uh, they have a robust idea of of their worldview, and, you know, as would happen with anyone that doesn't have the knowledge of the, uh, the truth, or, or hasn't been... Um, doesn't have the truth illuminated to them. If they're thinking on their own, they're going to go in the wrong direction, right? So uh, all that to say, yeah, musicians um, are pretty blunt about uh, being anti-Christ, about being uh, opposed to the things of the church. And so, um, but jazz musicians in particular, are usually softer kind of personalities, so they're not really antagonistic mm. or argumentative. So, I personally haven't had to, like, have or been <laughs> tempted to get into brawls, like, philosophical brawls with um, musicians just because of their personalities for the most part. But I've had yeah. I've plenty of conversations with people, um, with musicians that are not, that they're not, like, overt about it, but Sort of subversely, are like, yeah, your Jesus has been disproven and and isn't really as relevant anymore. <laughs> so I think in the jazz world, but maybe in the music world in general, like I, I f- um, there's not a lot of Christians there. So I'm one. I'm like a, sometimes I feel like a lone voice in the wilderness, (laughs) the jazz wilderness, where uh, I might be someone's only interaction with Christianity. Um, Oh, an interesting, don't know if you can do anything with this, but an interesting thing that I've, I've noticed in the last few years is a number of my musician friends are getting gigs at churches. And they not only are not Christians, but they will, like, ridicule what the sermon was about. Hmm. And I think that's really interesting that they would participate in these services where they disagree with the teaching. But even more than that, I think it's really sad of the churches that are, like, so careless with, uh, you know, hiring... Musicians to play just because they're good musicians and not because they believe in what the church is about. So
0: yeah, I've heard a lot of mega churches and uh, places like that will definitely hire uh, expensive groups of musicians and things like that to play for them on Sunday morning. And yeah, I think Flatirons has done that before.
1: Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, and it, I guess in an apologetic way, I end up having to defend. Like, I have to defend the Bible against those churches. Like when I'm talking to my musician friends, if that makes any sense. They're like, Yeah, they hire us, they're nice to us, whatever. And I almost have to be like, Yeah, so about that. That's not that doesn't make sense. Like why well for, you know, first of all, why would you participate if you don't believe in what they believe in? But for them to to hire you is really curious. Yeah, I was actually just reading today about like churches that are starting to perform secular songs in church yeah services more often which doesn't really have to do with evangelism or apologetics i think it just has to do with poor um exegesis and poor understanding of the bible
0: yeah because i that that's interesting i think a few years ago i went to Flatirons uh one time uh, my family used to go there the for name? a little bit
1: what not, are you gonna beep out the name no
0: definitely not <laughs> Okay. Um, no, but I went. I went one time uh, to mega church in Colorado. Uh, for those who are unaware, but because um, uh, my my family went there for a little bit, and uh, yeah, they they opened it up with a with a Coldplay song. I think they played like "Viva La Vida" or something like that to start off their worship service. Which I I, I remember thinking, "Oh, that's weird." I mean, I like that song, but the. I mean, I was a little kid at the time. I think I might have been eight or nine, and I was I was questioning why why they would have done that. I didn't think that uh, that was a, a worship song, and I so I went and like I looked it up later when I got home because I didn't even know.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: I just remember being like, "Well, I'm not sure."
1: I yeah, that might be a conversation for another time, but well, uh, yeah, it's
0: your new it's podcast happening. coming out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have lots of thoughts about that, but maybe for another time.
0: Yeah, you'll have to do that sometime. That'd be fun.
1: Oh, but this does have to do with apologetics and evangelism for the Christian musician. I don't think... uh, The secular-sacred dichotomy, I think that only applies to church that is sung for the direct, explicit worship of God, and then all the other music. So I think there is sacred music. I think it's the songs that we sing to God as praise and worship. And so when we gather as Christians, whether it's in a house or if it's in a church building or whatever, <clears throat> it's when we're singing to God, like he's our audience, our primary audience. Mm-hmm. We're singing with him as, uh, or, or to worship him. So then you have all this other music and... um some christians feel the need to have jesus's name in every song or every song be about something that has to do with jesus or the bible Uh, i don't think that's the way god um, intended us to go out and love others and subdue the earth if you will with our music i think um, we're supposed to be creative and use the art form of music in multiple ways and A multitude of ways. And so that can be um, instrumentally, or if lyrics are involved, it can be um, talking about a number of different subjects. and you know, from um, nature to relationships, sex, money, food, What you know, you name it. I think that God has things to say about all those things, and so that as the Christian musician, we can write lyrics about these things Mm -hmm. in an artistic way, and um, I think that's good. So uh, I mean, I guess that kind of ties into the churches playing secular songs. Is church when we gather as believers to sing to God and to praise Him? Like that's actually, I think, the one time we should only do sacred music um songs that are directly sung to him although there's the t- the sense that we're singing to teach each other too but we're teaching each other about truths of God um so uh, yeah i i think there's no place for secular songs in church services but um so
0: you're saying church is not the place for evangelism cuz it's supposed to be like a bring in people who aren't christian sort of thing But at the same time, this is for worshiping God, not for trying to get other people in here and trick them into being part of it.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, the trickery is obviously wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, there is evangelism in church services, and there should be. Um, But, yeah, we're not trying to trick people in. And then the burden of proof... For someone that said that secular songs should be sung in a church, I think it is on them to show where in the Bible anyone was encouraged to use secular songs to bring in unbelievers. So you'd have to show, and like, when did they do that in the Jewish tradition? Like, in, in that would Israel. That
0: was so against Jewish traditions to do anything yeah. near secular like in the temple or anything near there, you know? I mean, yeah. not, that, not that we, we are exactly uh, held to those specific laws, but, but, yeah, it definitely isn't something that has seemed to be in the Bible whatsoever. Yeah, but. well,
1: what God commanded us to do for worship is what we should do, basically. Mm. So if he didn't give it for us to do, then yeah, we shouldn't do it. Uh, so that's why, you know... Uh, currently you know, um, singing songs to God, giving offerings through the church, um, the preaching of the word, baptism, and the Lord's supper are all things that God gave us to do, so we should do them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the burden of proof is to someone to someone to argue from the Bible why we should have secular songs either to make a teaching point or to bring in non-believers because they like those songs. Like, I don't see either of those in the scripture. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, maybe, I don't know, I'm just speculating, but maybe people would bring up Paul talking about Greek philosophy when he's evangelizing um, at... Mars Hill, I think. Um, but that's not a church service. Like, he's not he's not preaching a sermon to believers in that yeah. case. He's He's saying, here's what you think, Greeks, and look, you know, about the unknown God, and your unknown God is Jesus. You know, he's making a point there, connecting. But to take, like, that and then go from there to, like, we should be singing, like, uh, bringing Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake, which is another song I've heard done in that church, really, or a church, I'll say, huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, or or like a song from Lincoln Park, which is you know as far off morally as you can get. I think <laughs> that has cuss words that you know. Well, That's they did. They did actually, you know, edit the cuss words out, but they still <laughs> did the song. That's kind of a tangent, but um, oh, some okay, but a, a point that does tie into evangelism and music is, I think some people think that Christians should only do music about Jesus, and therefore, when that music gets into the world, people will hear about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's completely well, I don't think that's true at all. I think Christian musicians should be creating art that is um, beautiful and true and um i know that's very subjective but i think that should be the christian's goal and so in doing that they're honoring god they're doing their work unto the lord so like the classic example is like you know a christian plumber doesn't just like if they do their work well and unto the lord that is good in and of itself they don't have to like tag John 3.16 on all the pipes and everything yeah. in order for them to do a good job. Um, and there's a number of professions where, you know, you're you don't you're not explicitly putting Jesus on the work that you do, but um, through the work, you, you sometimes have opportunities to share the gospel, and that's great. Um, but there's a place for doing the work well and doing it unto the Lord that is glorifying to God. And it's not evangelism. But it's it's honoring God with your work, which is something that we're called to do. And in that sense, we're worshiping God, too. So whether we eat or drink or lie down or get up or write music or fix pipes, uh, we do all to the glory of God, and it's all worship to God. So
0: that's good in and of itself. So, we, so what you're saying is... uh. You wouldn't label yourself uh, on an album like we're well, we're a Christian band or you're a Christian musician, but you're a Christian who is a musician or you're a musician who is a Christian. Uh, that you're you're so, somewhat against the the whole, just like is it Christian sort of movement.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I I I don't approve of it and um, music isn't going to heaven. Music doesn't have a soul that is saved. So I don't think there is such thing as Christian music. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? There are Christians, peop- there are Christian people who play music. Um. But like I said before, I don't believe there is Christian music other than there is sacred music that is explicitly for the to worship and praise God yeah. in song. But everything else is music Mm -hmm. and sometimes Christians play and sometimes they don't and sometimes a band is half Christians and half not Christians and that's fine um so no I don't I I label myself a Christian but I don't label myself a Christian musician Mm -hmm. that's good and I'm gonna have to go sorry no that's
0: that's good it's time to wrap up anyway this is about as as long as the previous episode uh but thank you for being on um yeah i I would say we'll have to have you back on, but this is a three part podcast and so uh yeah you 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 will not make it back on and and that is uh no disrespect to you um, well,
1: I really enjoyed the time
0: yeah yeah i hope i hope you enjoy the the finished product when it comes out uh if if you uh can bear to listen to your own voice it's It's hard for me to edit uh because of that but
1: um yeah Wait, you're using my voice.
0: (laughs) Oh. All right. Thanks for being on. Um, Yeah, uh, the next uh, episode um, will hopefully be out in a week to uh, a week and a half. Um, And see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.